This is the Uplink Marketing Podcast. It's been a while since you've heard from me, and it's because I've been hard at work on some exciting things for Uplink Marketing. I do plan on releasing regular podcasts again, but I don't expect that to happen until 2021. This episode is an interview with a friend of mine and former coworker, Jamie Howard. Jamie recently left his full-time job as a developer, is in the process of adopting four children, and is building a digital marketing agency. The name of his agency is Hey Thunderbird, and you'll hear a little more about what they do in the interview. It's a long way away from where we used to do our podcast, you know? Dude. No coffee, no microphone, no cold starts, but, you know, we quality cup a little bit <laughs> I record my first ever podcast with you. Except now I don't you know got like a whole can... business based on that, right? Yeah, I don't know if we can define it as a, a podcast, though, because we yeah, never released you know... it anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm the only person that probably ever listened to another episode because I was like going through them. Like, what is it? It was like unlistenable, honestly. It's just because there's no thread of story or whatever. Ben's like, you're not allowed to write down any notes, but then we still come with his own notes. (laughs) Yes. We mentioned Elon Musk, artificial intelligence. Yeah. Neuralink. I remember that. Yeah. You sent us that that article about that. Man, I think if we would have published those. I don't know how many, three years ago or so, whenever that was, we would have been like, it would have been a pretty good podcast. We could, we were having good fun conversations. It was awesome. We were, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We should call Ben and John right now and add them to this podcast that actually will get published. Here we go. I'm going to take a picture of it and that way I can show them what might've been. Yeah. Still coffee, still, still uh, hanging out. Still mustaches, but now you have a nice mustache going on. I love that. Yes, I did not have anything like this uh, at the time. Yeah. Yeah, man. Okay, so you and I recorded our. I, I recorded my first podcast ever with you, and this is a, the real deal now. This will get released, and you. Uh, <laughs> there are kind of three things I sent you before, which is something we didn't do with our old one, to talk through today. One of them I'm curious about because I went through this journey on my own and uh, I think there's usually similarities or overlap in these journeys and and, uh, people who start their own businesses oftentimes do this, which is quit a full-time job to do something on your own. Uh, It's kind of the the entrepreneurial journey or just the uh, contract labor journey. I don't know if, you know, a lot of people would say those are the same and I don't have too much input on it, but uh, I would love to hear about yours. What did what did it look like going from working full time uh, to deciding to leave that? What I would call safety uh, in a lot of cases, the safety net of having a full time job to take a risk and start something of your own. And then, yeah, uh, maybe it's worth saying what that is too in the midst right. of this question. Absolutely, yeah. So um, it is like an interesting thing because back in January of this year, um, it was actually over kind of like our uh, our Christmas time, I guess at the end of last year, 
I really decided like, Hey, I am really killing myself at work. And, um, I was running a software team and, um, just working all sorts of hours and like, you know, literally walking out of my church service on a Sunday morning to go work on my laptop to fix something. And, um, started having like panic attacks for the first time in my life, never had anything like that. Mm. And um, I had a moment when it was kind of like this tipping point for me um, right near the holidays when my wife came home and I told her I had been working from home that day. And I said, sweetheart, I just want to let you know, I, if, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm, I can't come down right now. I'm kind of like going through something and it's not you, you know, I, cause, I mean, when she walked in the door, she probably would have been scared just because of how I was acting. And I just said, I, I'm, and I was like shaking, you know, and I was just was having like this really awful, like, um, you know, moment. And it was a, just a huge high pressure moment that had been kind of like, it, it wasn't an isolated incident. It was many incidents that just kept happening over and over. And I, I didn't feel like a, um, I didn't feel an end in sight for that. And so basically what happened was I, um, came back from like our kind of Christmas time off and gave my notice at work. And I said, Hey, um, I'll give a very long notice, but it just, I have to do something else. Like I want to make yeah. sure I'm definitely the kind of person who, you know, I, I do take my responsibilities really seriously and that sort of thing. So I wanted to make sure that I didn't leave anybody hanging and that, you know, everybody was taken care of, but I just was like, I have to do something else. And, and then, um, which I'll talk a little bit uh, more about our adoption, but we were in the middle of kind of getting ready for um, adopting and everything. And I was like, uh, I can't be this kind of person. I can't be this kind of dad, you know, this kind of husband who is constantly exhausted, constantly worn out, constantly just on edge from work. Because mm -hmm. I know that this whole process, this whole going from zero kids to however many we would get is going to really try me. And I just don't want to be that kind of person. And so basically I, just, I put in my notice and I was very open. I got to talk to, you know, senior leadership in the company and all that sort of thing about where I was at and just kind of how I was feeling. And, um, and I just, you know, I said, Hey, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I just know I can't do this. I have to figure yeah. out something else. And, um, I, I have thankfully built up a kind of repository of skills and client freelance clients and that sort of thing where it didn't seem like a, the craziest thing for me to kind of transition out. Um, but I honestly thought I was going to stay full-time employed. I didn't think that I was going to be on my own and doing, I wouldn't be self-employed. I see. Um, yeah. And so, um, uh, I put in my, my, my notice was for the very first week of March, if that tells you anything. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> 2020. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Big yeah, month. Yes. The, 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 the if any, anyone listening to the future, um, that was the week that COVID really hit. So yes. um, I That's actually funny. put in my, my notice for the last week of February and we had a big product launch. And so I said, you know what, I'll stay another week to help make sure that gets good. And, you know, we launched that well. And so I did. And I think March 10th was that Friday. So it was like literally stayed, left my job in security the week that the world shut down, you know, God. and, um, and that was crazy. I mean, it was just, I, I had, um, when I left that position, I knew that I was going to take a little bit of time off, but I thought that I would still, you know, be working full time somewhere. Um, I had promises on promises on promises on backup plans. And I just had all this like, okay, I'm going to be good. Like, it's okay. This is just kind of scary, but it is what it is. And, um, you know, come, you know, a few weeks later, I was going to be starting a new position. We we're going to be doing a couple other things. Um, that all went out the door and, Man. uh, that, that's just the how, 
how life goes sometimes and that's sure. the, the struggle of reality but it just it my plans fell through like completely out of thin air fell through my backup plans fell through um i had been doing a lot of work as a um uh, illustrator doing freelance illustration for a while even though I'm, I'm a software person i was doing illustration stuff and then um i had a couple projects lined up for that they all fell through it was like just no one's paying for Dang. illustration in the middle of a pandemic like that is not uh, that's not a necessity right and so it was like literally everything that i had planned just like you just see it like disappear into the wind and uh i i have to be honest i was i despaired i was like what am i doing like what what's my deal you know <laughs> i was sure, like i was sure. like looking around the house for stuff to sell i'm like i'm literally like what what is going on here like i just you have plans and you know the best laid plans and all that um yeah hey let me interrupt you for a second because i've got yeah, several yeah. questions just as yeah, you're, yeah, go as you're going through this uh yeah. the first one i'm going to jump back to fairly early there talking about your anxiety and these mm-hmm. panic attacks and your wife walking in and and you uh telling her that this is going on which i think is uh from what I've heard, like a, a really good step in, in dealing with whatever is going on is seeking help outside of yourself. Was this the first time that you've, that you ever told her about these panic attacks? Were they happening before then frequently and frequently? And were you dealing with them on your own or were you going through this with other people? Yeah, th- that that was the first really visceral experience where I felt like that my body was responding in that kind of way. I mm-hmm. mean, I would tell her, I mean, she she obviously would see me stress all the time. And, um, you know, I got my, my gray hairs coming in and all that kind of thing. You know, it's like she could see see it on me that I'm, I'm working crazy hours and that sort of thing. So it was definitely no surprise to her. But yeah. It, it kind of reached the reached the fever pitch and gotcha. um and she she is one of the I mean just a awesome um wife in the in that that area of like walking me back from the ledge so to speak not to use something so morbid but just like helping me to to not feel like the sky is falling and just feel yeah, like you know yeah. what it's you're you're having a tough day you know and um and we really we have to do that for one another a lot where you, know, you get to a place of like everything's terrible nothing's going to work and you're like it's okay. Today's tough. It is really, really tough. Get back in bed, you know, go take a mm. hot shower, like do something, go for a walk, you know, and, and she yeah. did a really good job of that, of like meeting me where I'm at and being the calm one in the situation and not freaking out. And, and, you know, she probably has, and I know she does, has all the opinions about my workaholicism or whatever that, that drove to that. Um, sure. But that those moments are not the moments to you know, uh, criticize. It's the moments to come alongside and say, Hey, I've, I'm here with you and, and <laughs> bring me back down. And then we can get to a logical headspace. Okay. Like what's the next steps? What do we need to do? How do we need to change? So. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, I've met your wife and I, I think that's a, a great response. Another interesting part of the story that I'm curious about you and your wife worked at the same company. Mm-hmm. Is your wife yeah. still at that company? She is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, did that make anything did that make anything with the transition uh, weird or difficult having those dynamics yeah. involved? Because not everybody has that type of a situation. Uh, yeah, where... it does. Um, and it, it, just in general, it's really weird to work with your spouse somewhere because you want to, every time that you see that there's some office politics or gossipy stuff or like, you know, not being looked over or any of that kind of stuff you want to or a project you know not going right or whatever you want to step in because like you know i don't know if that's every husband that's the way that i think about it and 
And she does the same thing. You know, she'd hear someone say something to me and I, I come home frustrated one day and she'd be like, I want to talk to that person. I'm like, no, you can't. It's my job. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah. For every one time that she thought that I probably said it a thousand times, like, I'm just going to call that person up right now. And you're like, you can't do that, you know? Sure. And so, especially with um, kind of the, the complexities of how my transition happens, um, you know, it just, it, it is, it's almost like COVID was a blessing in this way in that it distracted us where we're like, we, we just don't have time to get caught up in all the pettiness or whatever, you know, whatever yeah, yeah. things are, or to, to be, to be bitter. I mean, there's definitely parts of that, you know, you, you put your hope in people and you get let down, that just happens. And um, that's tough, but you're also like real life happening and I have to pay my bills. And so yeah, yeah. I can sit, I can sit around and mope about it or I can, you know, get up and do something. And that's just kind of where I think that that's like any, any really tough season this season, that, that is one of the, the blessings is that you feel like, Hey, it clarifies it. It cuts out the nonsense where you're like, I just don't have time to be upset about this. I just need to keep moving along. And sometimes that's bad. Obviously you can bottle things up, but I think in right. this kind of situation, you can ruminate on the same thing and, drive yourself insane so sure uh ironically i usually think of times when everybody is going through something hard as a unifying time and mm -hmm. it, yeah. because you we i should say have the innate response of thinking oh crap i have no clue how this thing that's happening is affecting them and their family and i could come up with some scenarios very quickly to justify yeah, why yeah. this person's being a jerk or or saying the things that they're saying and so uh, for my wife and I during this time, we've been able to empathize more easily when things don't go our way. And I think that's kind of what you're getting at there is there's everybody's going through something right now. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it makes it a little easier to move on and not necessarily in a bottle up way, like you were saying, but like, right, yeah, right. we're all going through something. Let's, you know, work at moving past uh, the difficulty here and get on the other side of it. And then, Sure, sure. Then get re caught up in, in pettiness, like we have the tendency to do as humans. Uh, right. But yeah, man, that's really cool. Uh, so there was one other thing. Oh, you were talking about uh, feeling so stressed at work. And, mm -hmm. and I think you answered this question. I just want to call it out. And you uh, talked about turning in your notice and, and planning your exit from work. And in my mind, before we were on this call, I, I thought you were. Uh, your journey was to go start this, this other thing, which seems like a more stressful thing to jump into. Like I've, I've talked to so many entrepreneurs right. that would say, if you're looking for less stress in your life, don't quit your job. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, I, and you answered it by saying you had all these things lined up uh, or, or mm -hmm. I'm, I'm telling me if I'm putting words in your mouth here, but you had all these things lined up that you actually planned on working on whenever you were exiting, but it happened in March, 2020, which uh, kind of thwarted those plans. And this kind of, this uh, company, which is Hey Thunderbird was born out of that. Is that right? Like the, yeah. Uh, when, when did, when were you like, yeah, Hey Thunderbird, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start. Digital. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I get what you're saying. Like it is like um, out of the frying pan and the fire situation. I, um, I left and started exploring every option that I had. Um, what was the really, one of the really kind of serendipitous things that just happened after leaving um, the company as that is that people started to, I was, I started to just dive into any freelance work that I could get. I was like, okay, I, I don't like making websites for people back when I, I used to do it like years ago. Um, I do now like 
more like application development, like, you know, heavy engineering stuff. And so I don't really like doing like, you know, websites. And so, mm -hmm. but suddenly you're like, I need money. Like I need to make sure that I can pay my bills. So I'll do websites for people if that's what people pay me to do in the middle of the sure. pandemic. So, um, so I started doing some website stuff, started doing some SEO stuff, a lot of stuff that I kind of had put on the shelf years and years ago and, and walked away from that. Not, I, I mean, man, I, I started, when I started my very first brands, you know, it was, it was, it eventually became a company, but it was really just a brand that I was doing like kind of freelance work through um, back when I was an early adult, like 19, 20, um, called Black Airplane. And I started that to do like digital marketing, SEO. Like I was just having fun exploring like paid advertising, paid ads online, all that sort of thing. And, um, and so I had kind of built up a lot of years of studying that stuff and then walked away from it. And so when the pandemic hit, hit, it suddenly was like, oh, people will still pay for this stuff. So let me get back into that. And so I started doing that and it was just really cool. And it, it, I don't want to say it in a way that's like um, self-congratulating, but it just was cool to see how I had underestimated the skills that I had built up. And so when I started helping people, I started hearing people say, that's genius. Oh my gosh, that's, that's transfer. And these are people that have paid for other people to do marketing service. And I'm like, I'm just, uh, one of the best um, uh, uh, compliments I think I've received in the past few years um, was from a friend of both of ours, Ben Swilly. He told me, um, he was my boss, and he said, uh, uh, Jamie, you're a quick study. That's one of your best skills is you're a quick study. And so I um, really kind of latch on to that sense of I'm going to dive in and I'm going to go curate this information for someone else. And people pay for that. People don't have the time to go and understand the complexities of something, even if it's not that crazy and difficult it's just it's a lot and sure. so being someone who can absorb a lot of information and turn it actionable really quickly is um is a real skill set and that's that's really a programmer's skill set too is is being able to google something that you don't know every day as a programmer i would be presented with a problem that i had no clue how to solve mm. and if if it weren't if it weren't that i would never do the job because it's just not fun and so someone's like hey we need to send 75,000 text messages in 45 seconds and i'm like no clue how to do that. Let's go figure it out. Open up Google. And and that's like, it's not, it's not fake it till you make it. It's more just like, it moves so quickly that there's no sure. way to really know it all. And so learning that skill set of like, Hey, we need to drive this much more traffic to our site. We're like, okay, cool. Let's go figure out how other people have done that. People spent millions and millions and millions of dollars learning how to do this. Right. I just need to go re read what they did and then we can reapply it here, you know, and, you know, use some obviously ingenuity and creativity, but um, Which those things, those trail, things but... <laughs> seem to come pretty naturally to you as well. Uh, I like that you say that you're building a brand or or the first brand you built that turned into a business. Uh, it it seems like a great pathway to a profitable com company. Whenever you just build something fun that you're having fun with, mm -hmm. and then people start paying you to do it, and it yeah. does. I have felt a similar undervalue of my knowledge and skill sets. And I still feel it quite often, like just because I know something and I've spent years developing it because I don't have to go do a lot of research to spout off a response to whatever problems at hand. It feels like it's it's uh, not valuable enough to charge somebody money for and then make a living doing. So there's this internal tension uh, that I feel often that uh, you saying that's encouraging to me too to continue I, so saying that though, what are ways that you remind yourself of the value that you have? I so quickly go down this trail of uh, 
devaluing the type of work that I do mentally and, and I have to overcome that obstacle often. Uh, so do you have any tips or tricks on how to remember the value that you have that you've worked for and, and apply that on a regular basis? Yeah, I think um, a really uh, fun example from April when I was in the middle of all the quarantine stuff is someone, and this kind of goes back to that whole serendipitous thing, someone was needing help with just an overall marketing strategy for their business. I had not advertised that that's what I was doing at the time. And someone just said, you know who's a really strategic thinker? Jamie Howard, you need to reach out to him and just see if he has anything to offer. And so this person cold calls me and says, hey, here's who I am. I heard, I heard about your name. I, I just want to see if there's something you can do for my business. And um, I said, well, how about this? Because I was still like, I don't know if I have anything. To, I'm not, I haven't taught, I haven't dusted off that stuff in a long time. Sure. So here's what we'll do is let's, char I'll charge you a thousand dollars. And if, and I'll do the X, Y, and Z, I'm going to write up this whole marketing plan for you. We'll talk about how you're going to build out your blog, your social media, blah, blah, blah. We're going to go through the whole thing. I said, if that doesn't add any value to you, then take it for free, reuse it, use it for your clients, whatever you want to do. Um, because I'm not in the business of building on a sham or, you know, or I'm kind of like hoodwinking you or whatever. Like you're just like, if this is not valuable, then don't pay for it, you know, sure. because it's not going to be sustainable, you know? And so nobody wins um, in that situation. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'll be a thousand, I'll have a thousand more dollars in my pocket, but I've created a bad reputation for myself. I have, I'm going to feel like be trash because I, you know, convinced this person to pay me money for something I couldn't deliver on. And mm -hmm. I think really like in my mind, it is, it is make being so upfront and honest, honest with people that, and this is how I've done it since then is just like, if there's no value here, then let's talk about like, you know, we won't do any more business together. And I think that um, being able to prove that you're adding value, you know, um, being able to show people like um, right now I'm running a little experiment um, with Hey Thunderbird where uh, I'm experimenting in things that I don't really have a great knowledge of or great experience and um, Twitter being one of those and saying, I'm learning stuff it's definitely working. Let me just send it to people for free. So I'm like cold emailing people saying, Hey, can you just try the stuff I'm working on and tell sure. me if it works? And if it does, you don't have to pay me anything, but can you at least tell me so that way I can use it as a testimonial or case study or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm building resources. I'm learning. They're getting value out of it. I'm getting case studies and testimonials. It's like, it's a total win situation. And it, it relieves that pressure of, I don't know what I'm doing or I'm going to be found out or something like that because you're like, yeah, yeah. If it doesn't work, then no big deal. Then I at least got some more experience and I got to hear from my potential customers and that sort of thing. So, Yeah, that's pretty brilliant. Letting your client or your customer, or whoever it is that you're helping, whatever name you have for that entity or individual, tell you you're valuable instead of you having to tell yourself that all the time. Like, <laughs> right. I guess, uh, so that, so in my mind, I'm like, okay, every time I get a paycheck, like people don't pay for things that aren't valuable. Uh, right. You, you, I wouldn't have clients right now. The services, uh, that Uplink was providing weren't creating some sort of value. So that'll be my right. reminder, uh, next month when invoices come in. I'm, like, hey. like, right. yeah. I'm not making this up. Yeah. So they will not. It's one of the very funny things. Um, I've been talking about return on investment with a couple different clients and saying, if you can, um, kind of we're, we're planning out some new, Hey Thunderbird's still in its infancy, so we're kind of planning out um, how do we go from, the big, the big transition is how do we go from a freelance, you know, um, a consultant to a business with employees and strategies and all that sort of thing. 
um, really just codifying what I'm doing and making it not scalable to the tune of 10,000 clients, but just like making it where we can do this repetitive uh, repeat results for different clients. Yeah. And the way that I keep explaining it is if, if you give me X dollars and I create a return on your investment for X plus one, then you should always do that deal. You know, if you can ever pay a hundred dollars and get $102 back or $110 or a thousand dollars back, always do that deal. And if I'm not as a, as a, uh, as a, a consultant or as a business, if we are not able to do that for you, then we should not be in business, you know? And so if we, if, if we cannot provide some value back to you, you know, it may not always be dollars, of course, Sure. Um, brand awareness and that sort of thing. You can't always quantify it that way, but you should see some return on investment where you say, I put down a hundred dollars and we get this amount of, you know, engagement on social media, for instance, or whatever the case is, we should right. get something back to show that we're getting value. So, yeah. Yeah. And in digital marketing, it's so easy though, to go to these, what I like to call vanity metrics, because a lot of the time they seem like they're more for vanity than for right. a, a financial yeah. ROI. Uh, but I do think vanity metrics have a place and it's whenever you work with clients who have a system that optimizes or uh, capitalizes on those metrics that rely on engagement. Uh, If a business doesn't have a system set up to monetize those vanity metrics, then they're still (laughs) not worth anything. But if there is a system created, which that's part of the thing with digital marketing, it seems like, you know, you're creating systems, I'm creating systems to work with other businesses who hopefully have systems. Our stuff works a right. lot better whenever they also have systems. In right. Play. Yeah. Y'all have to be uh, trying to. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I think right. that a lot of people, uh, and I think this is said even by people who are in our roles is like, oh, just have us on and we'll, we'll help your business grow. And it's like, well, you've got to be focusing on your business as well. Marketing is uh, a little bit and a lot of what your business is uh, and it does need to be invested in, but uh, there's, there's definitely some focus that needs to be happening on the client's right, part. Right. Too. And those are the best clients and they work out the best too. Whenever you're working yeah. with people who care about what they do and are investing in their company and are looking for results and relying on you, Hey, Thunderbird, relying on uplink marketing for those results and everybody wins and it has a lot of really positive synergy and it's really fun. Yeah. Like work becomes fun whenever you get around people that, can get yeah. excited about trying something new, trying something creative, uh, you know, taking some risks together. Uh, it's it's a, a really fun thing to be a part of. Um, so yeah, that, you, you will rarely care about their customers as much as they do. Um, not because you're disengaged or, you know, not passionate or whatever, but because they built an entire business around these people. And so when you can collaborate, that's going to make such a big difference. Some of my most fun times as a software um, uh, developer, or I was kind of like a architect, a software architect in a lot of ways, um, is I would sit down with with a client, like an internal client, someone else in the company, a stakeholder, and we would talk through um, a new product or a new app or a new website, whatever the case is. And I love that back and forth between someone who lives and breathes their audience or their their clients or their customers or whatever their users and i'm coming with hey here's how we can build this thing here's kind of the constraints that we have here's the way that we can really reach here's how we can test that here's you know a lot of those kind of pieces that are absolutely necessary but never would i never would i come with the full picture i would always go into those meetings if it was if it was a good meeting 
I would collaborate with a person who maybe doesn't have the technical knowledge at all. And we both walk out with a better idea than we walked in with. And those were my absolutely favorite moments because you would say, there's no way for me to fully get what you, what you need to do. I can't just come with a solution because I, if, if I don't know what your customers or users are actually going through, there's no way that I can actually offer a precise solution. Now I can tell you what 50 other companies do and 50 other products that we've built. And that will certainly inform what we're going to do and tell you maybe some best practices, but you alone as the, as the, you know, your customers and we, if we collaborate on that, it's going to be such a better, you know, like you said, synergistic solution because we, we are both going to walk out with more than what we came in with and, and more energized too. You're going to, you're going, you're going to, as a consultant, start to really, really care about the clients that you're working with or the customers that your clients are working with um, because you are able to share in that passion and that energy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so we, I, I think this would be a good time. We've talked a lot about the, the journey that we started, yeah. actually. I was trying to think of how we got here. We started from uh, your journey leaving a full-time position mm-hmm. and, and getting into Hey Thunderbird. On this journey, you've had some stuff going on at home that is, I, I don't know that the more I, I work on something of my own, the less it's, I can actually separate it from what feels like life, like life is life. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, you, I can con- try to compartmentalize, well, this is happening at home and this is happening at work. Uh, but I think just they're all playing together. Uh, so you've had some things happening at life in life outside of work uh, that's been really exciting. So yeah, I'd like to share about that journey at all. I would love to hear about that journey because I haven't, yeah, absolutely. You, haven't um, even spoken a while. So my wife and I have been married for 10 years and we um, decided when we first got married, I mean, when we were dating, we talked about adopting. That was a big part of, you know, both of our hearts. Um, in 2018, we learned that we could not have children biologically. And um, that is everything that news is. It's just, it's tough. It's hard. It's, you know, I went through like a very dark place for about three months and just um, really uh, struck. And that was after like maybe 13 months of, trying and that sort of thing um, to get pregnant and uh and so that was a really really tough but we came out of it you know uh, we take our faith really seriously and it just god really met us in the midst of all that and like really brought us through like one of the darkest seasons in our marriage um and when we we decided we said if we go to the doctor and we get bad news we are not going to wait we're going to go ahead and make the decision to start moving forward with adoption because adoption can take many years and so um, so we, very long story short, we ended up, uh, we started with doing an infant domestic adoption, just one child. And, um, we were with an agency. It seemed like we put down a lot of money and it just seemed like, man, this is, it, it just, it seemed like that, um, the way that the adoption system works is you, uh, for an infant adoption is that you have a number of babies that are born and then you have families that are waiting to take one of those babies. And um, the mission of most adoption agencies is, is to convince mothers not to place their children up for adoption because the best situation for a kid is to be with their biological mother, which is all great. But that creates a conflicting, from a business standpoint, that creates like a conflicting sure. uh, mission because you're trying to place babies, but you're also trying to keep babies with the moms. And so we found out that the agency that we were with had only placed like a, a few handfuls of kids and added like hundreds more kids, uh, families that year. Hmm. And, um, and we were like, wow, that means that like it's going to be a really long time before we ever get a kid. And, and my wife um, 
had uh if you if you want to kind of get a snapshot of what this looks like the movie um instant family uh with mark Wahlberg actually did a really good job of kind of it was, i mean it was a little bit um hyperbolic in a lot of ways but it, it really did paint a good a big, good picture of this process my wife had been looking at defects um foster kids uh, children that are available for ado adoption that sort of thing and um for a long time so when we found out this news about not being able to it was going to take a really long time to get a kid she she wrote me a letter as she does in tough times like this and she wrote me a letter and it just said um, um she said i think that it looks more like jesus for us to adopt out of foster care and i said all right let's do it and we just immediately called the agency the very next day we switched we called defects and got set up with a new agency that like works with defects to, to get kids and uh fast forward um that all happened in the middle of covid basically or th that um, the progress on our adoption happened during COVID. And so we made that decision last year sometime in 2019, but the progress started happening this year. And on July 17th, we met our kids for the very first time. And we now have, uh, those were, it's four kids, three girls and one boy, it's eight, seven, six, and five. So we have a third grader, second grader, first grader, and kindergartner. Dang. And, um, <laughs> and so uh, we, the, adopting during COVID has been crazy and weird too. Nothing's normal. You know, normally you have like social worker visits and you'd be meeting with the kids, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you, the way it works is you meet with them for like a couple hours and you meet with them for a whole day. Then you meet, you know, then they come up to your house for the weekend. And that was all really weird too. And, you know, just not, nothing is normal. And so, um, it's been really tough and, um, these kids are amazing and they already have our hearts and they, you know, they, they absolutely see us as mommy and daddy already, you know, they've been with us, um uh, you know what they moved in on uh july 17th they, we actually met them back in may and so we, we've um uh, uh, been building that relationship for a while and now you know they've been with us been with us for um, a few months now and so it's just been really really amazing because we went from zero kids to four kids uh and it's been extremely tough because there's nothing's normal and adopting four kids is just really really crazy so there's we're actually technically still their foster parents Okay. And um, in the next few months, um, kind of, I think it's a minimum of six months that they have to be with you before you're able to adopt them just um, because sometimes adoptions falter and that sort of thing. So um, hopefully COVID doesn't make that go on any longer and they'll be our kids, you know, um, uh, legally. But right now, I mean, it's just been so much fun learning them, getting to know them. The tough part is trying to get any work done because <laughs> our kids are doing virtual learning and they are, we have them in a daycare where that kind of helps with that. And that's, you know, it's, it's just tough and nothing really gets done sometimes. Sure. So, um, and then I have about four hours every day to get work done. And so that's just where we're at right now. My wife works from home too. And so we, we kind of just tag team a lot. Um, and so Hey Thunderbird is built in four hour segments every day. If I get them, some days I just don't get that. And you're just, you know, you can despair or you can just go, okay, that's how it goes. And, you know, sure. God got us and we're going to keep moving along. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I am super thankful that you're taking any time out of that four hours today to be on this podcast. <laughs> I'm so honored uh, knowing that because that is quite, that's quite a sacrifice. Uh, and, and so I really appreciate it. Also, um, props to you and your wife <laughs> for uh, taking this step. My wife worked in the foster care ministry at a church for a couple years whenever we first got married. So I'm maybe more familiar than the average person with what you guys are going through from uh, the support 
aspect of it all and it's a very difficult journey and there's a lot of twists and turns and a lot of unknowns um and they're in the midst of all that there's kids that are uh really i don't know if they're like i don't know the right words uh there's kids that are open to receiving your love and there's also kids that are not open to receiving your love yeah, your absolutely. love still matters uh just as much um to yeah. to both of those it's hard to make any blanket statements i'm kind of uh losing words because yeah. and, you know no situation's the same and so um just being as familiar as i am with that process because of grace's previous work um mm-hmm. like way to go that's a really incredible journey and i'm excited to meet the kids one day <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, yeah be it's been i mean even as we've kind of like um introduced them to people we've it's been across zoom our first meeting with our kids is on zoom you know like that's just okay. where we're at right now and yeah um you know the the phrase that we use is kids from hard places you know and um when we were getting ready for this situation as we were talking to anyone we said the fact that we're the fact that our kids are available for adoption from foster care means that they're coming from hard situations mm-hmm. um foster care is intended to reunite with the, with the family and sit with the mother yeah. and um uh, and the fact they're open for adoption means that there's a tough story there and so we see that all the time there's a real cool principle that i think kind of is transcendent beyond just our situation which is um you know a phrase that people always say about what we're doing you know adopting kids from foster care they say i could never do that because i would get too attached to the kids which is just just for all the listeners out there rude to say so don't ever say that again <laughs> because yeah. we obviously you know you get attached that doesn't mean like we're heartless so we're able to do foster care you know like um but uh, you you absorb the trauma that these kids are going through and have gone mm. through in order so that they don't have to. And that's the whole point is these kids have gone through really tough situations and every day it's super, super hard, like tears hard, like for both me and my wife. And I don't feel like that we have arrived after a few months. I don't feel like we've suddenly figured out how to do this every day. Um, but again, like anything, you wake up every day and you say, okay, what do we have to do today? And you, you you take it and at night we pray and we laugh and we cry and we watch TV together or try to do something because we're like, it's just super, super tough. But in all things, you know, you have to realize what the whole perspective is here is that these kids are worth it. And that, um, and I am super thankful. Like I've been sharing this week with a few people that I have really, really bad ADD issues and I had since I was a kid and it's just, it's, um, uh, I've learned techniques for coping with that, but it's never fully gone away until I adopted four kids and I only have four hours to work every day. And I, I mean, I tell you, like I, it is healed. Like, because I'm like, I don't have time to be distracted <laughs> anymore. Like it is completely like, I am yeah. more focused now with four kids than I was at the beginning of this pandemic. Mm. And I didn't have anybody because I just was like, what am I doing? What's going on with life? And I'm like, now every single day I sit on my computer, I work, I knock stuff out. You know, I always leave stuff undone on the table, of course. So there's always emails that didn't get read or a phone call that didn't make it or just something that didn't happen. Sure, but sure. I mean, like I'm like every day is like boom, 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 knocking it out, you know, and that's really just the goodness of God and the situation. Again, it's pandemic and, and, and struggles with foster care and all that. Kind of, those all bring tough moments, but they also, you know, lend to a, a refocusing or a filtering. So, yeah. That's uh, very well said. (laughs) 
it's difficult to transition anything from something so uh, meaningful to like, I'm not good at transitioning from something like that to a, well, let's wrap this up. Your time's valuable, man. <laughs> like, yeah. let's, you know, we've, we've, you've got stuff to do in the, the, the rest yeah. of your time. I know you're, you're taking, you know, you've got a launch scheduled here. You're, yeah. you've told me you're being very intentional about spending one-on-one time with these kids, which yeah. is incredible. So I want to let you get, get back to that. And that's just kind of my transition. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll say I, a few words about kind of what we're working on now with a Thunderbird in the midst of all what I'm spending my yes. four hours a day on. And, um, can I it's, set uh, that up with a question? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So Uplink and uh, Hey Thunderbird are both digital marketing agencies. Uh, we help people do a lot of similar things, but I think there's also some synergy on uh, our relationship, on how we can uh, work together, or I can send people your way, you can send people my way, or uh, we get a, whatever. I think there's a lot of ways that we could work together, and we're, we have a good enough relationship um, to be able to do that. So what is it that Hey Thunderbird does? And then what, how, how could you see Uplink and Hey Thunderbird benefiting from the relationship that you and I have? Yeah, I think what's been really, really fun is um, I'm applying a lot of principles from what I've learned in software development to this company. And one of which is the idea of small demonstrable changes every week or every two weeks. And um, that's how we approach software. I always teach people about iteration. You know, uh, the mm. company I worked out produced a lot of produced a lot of books, and so they always had this mindset of you write something, you put it on a shelf, it's done. You know, yeah. you might do like a second edition a few years later, but I'm like, that's not how software works. Software is, sure. you know, Instagram. You open it up, and almost every time there's a new update, there's new features, there's no, you know, it's, you're constantly iterating and changing. And um, the same thing goes with marketing, I think. And so one of the things that I've been really having a lot of fun with is this idea of of demonstrating um, demonstrable improvements to a business week over week, you know, month over month, it's showing them that maybe you're not always seeing the, uh, you know, we were doing a lead magnet for somebody and you're saying we won't have a lead magnet done in a week, you know, based on budget and time constraints and all that sort of thing. But we can show you an outline. We can show you a cover. We can show you, you know, we can show you something a week over week to show that the work's being done. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I've, uh, in all of that, what I've been trying to figure out, what does Hey Thunderbird actually do? What I started to say was we do websites, branding, you know, um, uh, social media automation and, and um, uh, paid advertising. And um, really for small, small businesses, some medium sized businesses, um, that my heart is like small businesses, people who don't know, who don't have a marketing team. I, I love that. Sure, I sure. love going from zero to one. I'm like, you have zero traffic on your website. Now we're gonna have one traffic on your, I love that, <laughs> that fun experience of like teaching people. I know so many people who have great hearts and good work ethic, but have terrible websites. And I'm like, that's the people that I just love to help. And so um, the problems that come with that is that you're working with much smaller budgets. And so um, really where my heart is right now, where my kind of aim is and what I'm testing and experimenting on is what what is Hate Thunderbird's value prop- proposition moving forward? Um, and I think a big part of that is kind of what I'm seeing on the, on the, on the um, horizon here is productiza- productization of the service-based industry or service-based company. What I mean by that is taking the services that we're offering to people and turning those into products. I'm a software developer. I'm building tools as I'm going to help facilitate these services. But what that does is it creates a byproduct every single time that I'm a- then able to turn around and use for something else. And so like I kind of alluded to earlier, 
Um, just this week, I sent out, hey, here's what I'm learning in Twitter social media. We did a bunch of Instagram stuff earlier this uh, when we got started, but right now it's like, hey, I'm exploring here. Let me just send that out. That's a resource now that I've created. It's raw and I'm changing it every week. I'm changing it every day almost. Um, but that's now a resource that I can eventually turn into a paid resource. I can turn it into a, a class. I can turn it into an e-learning thing, um, a, a YouTube series, whatever the case is. And so I think really where Hey Thunderbird is going to keep heading is less service, more product. And hmm. I think that's where I'm able, going to be able to help a lot more than just my, just Hey Thunderbird or my clients. It's coming to someone and saying, hey, Uplink, here's a whole suite of things that you can send out right now. You know, here's some products, here's some tools. I mean, just this week I've made a, um, a tool for, oh, I was trying to help someone with their, um, their uh, they were asking me how to do um, better tweet style. Like how do, how do I make it where people actually read my tweets? And so I went to go edit their tweet and I was like, you can't really like copy and paste it because it's got all this weird HTML in it. You can't like screenshot it and change it. Like that's too much. And so again, just as a programmer, I was like, let me just fix this real quick. So I just created a part. It took me like three hours. I created a program and allowed me to import a tweet, change it. And then you can retweet it if you want to, or you can screenshot it if you want to and send it out. And I'm like, that's now a product. That's something I can send out. It's not packaged up with credit card information, all that kind of thing, but it's something that I can now use. I can go hand that to another marketing agency and be like, Hey, if you all want to do that same service, sign up for it. It's X number of dollars a month. And now you can do that for your clients and say, Hey, your Twitter feed sucks. Here you go. Change it this way. Here's how you can re redo your stuff. So that's really kind of where my heart is, is like right now I'm doing a lot of service stuff so I can make sure that I learn all the things I need to learn, mm -hmm. turn those into products. And then eventually that's what I'll be selling. So. Love it. And so uh, whenever you're saying this type of thing, I have like this white label agency product. Is that yeah. kind of yeah. like if, exactly. if I, exactly if I right. want a bunch of lead magnets for uplink marketing as an agency, mm -hmm. but I don't have the time right now to go learn everything and create these free resources that I want to use as lead magnets with my paid social yeah, strategy. Absolutely. Be like, Hey, Thunderbird, can you send over these resources and I'm going to slap my logo on it. And absolutely. Use. Yeah. Yeah, that's I think incredible. I think that's um my heart's always been in like SaaS products and that sort of thing. I've I've started a bunch of different um, software service um you know startups over the years and that have all mostly failed. <laughs> but I think that um uh you learn everything every time you do. I've been doing that since I was you know nineteen or twenty, and so I think you learn so much from that. And um, every time I'm like it creates a bet from a, from a business standpoint, it creates more um, predictability in your revenue, obviously to have people sure. paying month over month for, um, um, for a product um, or, you know, selling one off resources or products and, you know, that sort of thing. I just, I, I love that idea of going to the small business and being like, um, you can't afford a $5,000 a month retainer. What you can't afford is my $150 course that goes through all this that you can do yourself in your spare time that can help you. And creating that accessibility and just, you know, I'm really trying to lead with um, generosity and saying like, let me just give away as much as I possibly can right now. And I'll learn what people are willing to pay for. Um, I'm not going to be so, you know, presumptuous to think that I know exactly where my market fit is right now. And so um, people are paying for stuff. People are paying for services. Um, how do we turn that into something different? So. Sure. Well, let me in early. Tell me whenever you're going to do like some sort of beta white label <laughs> yeah. lead magnets and I'll, I'll have ads up and running tomorrow with your lead <laughs> yeah, magnets absolutely. with uplink marketing on it. Tell you how many email addresses, how many appointments, if I get a client yeah. and you a percentage, oh. whatever we want to do, man, I'll, uh, 
I love the idea and I'd love to be in on something like that with Hey Thunderbird uh, whenever you're ready. So that, that is, is brilliant. Perfect. I love it. Um, and there, there are so many agencies that would benefit from having the resources with their logo on it that have great services and just not the time to go out and create right. those resources. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, thanks, man. I know you got to get to your launch. I appreciate you taking this time, the very valuable time, more so than I even knew before we started this. <laughs> Uh, it's very valuable time and and sharing your knowledge and insight and story uh, with me and Uplink Marketing. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so like uh, impressed with everything you're doing. And I was I was uh, I'm I'm like obsessive with looking through people's websites now and looking through your strategies and stuff like that. And so I've already taken a bunch of notes on Uplink Marketing. So just stealing whatever I can steal. So just telling you here now in the, in the public eye, but <laughs> please do it. But, please do it. And let me know what you steal. Cause that'll tell me what actually is valuable <laughs> right, <laughs> and, right. and tell me what you don't like too. That's just as valuable to me. Uh, I would love to, to see it. Um, and then I look forward to, to working on something together. Uh, it sounds like in the future, uh, testing out some white label agency products and uh, even Maybe if you ever want to do a Hey Thunderbird podcast, we can come up with some creative yeah, idea. Absolutely. I'd love to help out any way I can. Man. I tried one episode during the pandemic on uh, Anchor and I had so much fun with it and I never did it again. I was like, well, yeah, that's how it goes. Uh, you, <laughs> just, you just need a little <laughs> nudge in the right direction. And I think I can right. give you that nudge. Yeah. We need a Hey Thunderbird uh, podcast. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. All right, man. Thank you again. And uh, we right, will thanks, talk Evan. soon offline. Peace. Yeah, take care. Thanks again for listening to the Uplink Marketing Podcast. This is something that I really enjoy doing and I am looking forward to sharing with you the exciting stuff that I'm working on. I think it's going to be a fun year in 2021. Uh, 2020 was the first year that I ever started putting podcasts out for Uplink Marketing. So I think this year has been a huge success. I've learned a lot. And uh, next year is going to be sharing with you a little bit of what I've learned and applying it to the context of creating communities online. Uh, So keep an ear out, keep an eye out, and I look forward to sharing more with you soon. Peace out, everybody.